John 11 on the board. This is going to uh, go crazy on me, ain't it? Not only am I honored to be here with Pastor Manuel, but that God allows me to be in this church with our pastors. Pastor Stevon and Sister Chella, they're just top drawer, top notch, and I can't picture any place better than being part of Victory Outreach here in the heart of the Bay. Can I get an amen? And I don't know what I'm ever going to do, but I'm feeling something. Maybe the black blood in me might come out tonight. Can somebody say amen? If we pay attention to the screen there, it says, These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go, is this verse 1? Can we go to verse 1, John, uh, to verse 6, please? My tablet just is not working. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick, when Jesus heard that he said this, sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place. Verse 5 and 6, it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Father, I just ask that you just continue having your way here tonight. Speak to our hearts, God. Give us encouragement. Inspire us. I'm not really after God for you to break any depths of the word, but I pray that we get closer to your glory, that we get closer to the knowledge of who you are tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody says. You see, Jesus went around everywhere preaching the gospel of God. He went around from city to city just tearing the towns up. If Jesus went to your city, he wrecked it. It was never going to be the same again. He disrupted the cities. He was awesome. Social systems had to get tore down. If he went into a house, the house got filled to the brim. Bedrooms and bathrooms and closets were filled. There was only standing room only. There was a story of one time where he went into a house and he was preaching. And the house was so full that people had to carry their friend up the wall and on the roof and make a hole in it. 
and lower this man down to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so everywhere he went, this thing ain't working. There's one time that even, am I going to have to go without this? This thing here, maybe I should have got a new one for Christmas. I should have brought this before Christmas. But Jesus didn't have a TV ministry. He didn't have a radio ministry. He didn't have flyers. He didn't have news boards. But yet if he preached in the desert, 5,000 men counted would come from the city to go hear Jesus preach in the desert, let alone women and children. This man preached, and people would come all over the place to hear what he had to say. People today with PhDs and doctrines and all kinds of other titles behind their name, they are smooth talkers. They're educated preachers. But nobody can preach like Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ preached, he didn't just have a word. He was the word. Jesus Christ was the word of God. And here we see a story. You see, Jesus Christ, wherever he went to go preach, whatever city he was going to go, he stayed somewhere. He had to stay somewhere. And when he went to Bethany, he stayed at the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They had created a home where the atmosphere was comfortable for Jesus Christ to abide in. I wonder if Jesus Christ came to Hayward, whose house will he stay in? Is your house have the atmosphere that Jesus would want to stay in? He stayed in their house. Three times it's mentioned in there how much he loved this family. Three times you're going to see how much he loved this family. And yet it says there, because he loved them, he made them wait. Because he loved them, he made them wait. I don't know if you could understand this because when I try to look at Jesus Christ and when it says that he loved them, you see, they sent word to Jesus. They said, Jesus, Lazarus, the one that you love, is sick. You would think, you see, these are Christians. These are not non-believers. These are people that had created a house that Jesus felt comfortable in. It was clear to say that this wasn't just any other Mary, but this is the Mary that anointed your feet, that anointed the feet of Jesus. That means that she was a worshiper. You see, there's a difference between worshiping God and praising God. Praise is, I thank you for the shoes on my feet, Lord. I thank you for the meals that I eat and the roof above my head. I thank you for my wife and children. I thank you for my job and paying my rent and keeping my car running. I praise you for this and I praise you for that. Anybody can praise. You don't even have to be a Christian to praise. Huh? 
He says that he's going to raise up everybody to praise him. But worship is a whole different thing. Worship is even if I don't get my rent paid, uh, I'm going to worship you. Even if my, my job fires me, if the dog runs away, I'm going to worship you. I worship you because of who you are. And Mary was a worshiper. Mary worshiped God. She went through a house and pushed through leaders of the, of the Jewish council and went to Jesus Christ. She didn't care how she looked. She didn't care what anybody said, but she washed his feet. When you worship God, you don't care if your makeup gets a little messy. You don't care if anybody's looking at you. You don't care what anybody might say about you. You just want to tell God, I worship you for who you are. You are worthy. You're magnificent. You're awesome. You're beautiful. You're the creator. You're everything. We don't need nothing to worship. He's already given us more. Are you with me? And here's a family that loved Jesus and he loved them. And the Bible's very clear to mention that that's the house Mary, the one that worshiped and anointed his feet. And it says that when he heard, therefore he abode two more days there. That is crazy. I would think because I love God and because I worship God and that God lives in my house, if I send word that I got a problem in my house, Jesus should stop everything and come to my house and take care of my needs. I would have thought that Jesus would have left right there and went to Mary's house. But it says, no, that he waited two more days. Two more days. Her brother was sick. And it says that she sent word to Jesus. Can you imagine? You see, when we have problems today, we heard there's problems in other countries. You hear it and you, you get stirred a little bit and you trip a little bit. But then you go on business as usual. We hear there's problems here in this country. And we trip a little bit and we throw a little prayer that way. But then we go on business as usual. We hear there's problems here in this area. There is a guy killed at Target. Everybody's talking about it. But we go on business as usual. But I'm talking about when there's a problem inside of your house. When there's a real problem inside of your house. And you're a worshiper. And you're a believer. And you're a Christian. And you love God and you know that he loves you. But you've got a genuine problem in your house. And there's Mary with a problem in her house. Her brother is sick. And she sent for Jesus. I'm going to tell you, folks, when you're a Christian and you believe in God, you better know how to get a hold of Jesus. 
When there's a problem in your house, you better know how to get a hold of Jesus. I don't know how she knew where he was. But that girl knew how to get a hold of Jesus. She got word of Jesus. My brother is sick. And he wasn't just a little bit sick. She said, go tell Jesus, the one that you love, Lazarus, is sick. And yet he waited two days. Can you imagine she's sitting there with her brother, man? Chicken noodle soup ain't going to cure Lazarus. Ain't no little thing going to fix the problem in her house. Do you see what I'm saying? Ain't no little prayer going to fix the problem in this worshiper's house. She got a genuine problem. This problem ain't going to, you can't call auntie so-and-so. You can't call uncle so-and-so. You can't call pastor so-and-so. You can't get your brothers and sisters around you. This problem, man, I know is too big and I need Jesus Christ right now because my problem is a Jesus Christ-sized problem. I I need God. Go get him. And she's probably there telling Lazarus, hold on, brother. Hold on. Jesus is going to be coming any minute. I called him. He knows who we are. He loves you. And he knows who I am. I'm a worshiper. He stays here. This is his house, a matter of fact. This ain't our house, but we're Christians, and this is a house of God, and we got a problem, and we sent word to Jesus. He'll be coming in a minute. Hold on, brother. Hold on, brother. Don't you, don't you give up, man. Don't you give up, brother. Don't you quit, man. Keep breathing. Keep fighting. Don't you quit. Hang in there, brother. Hang in there. He'll be coming. Hang in there, brother. Hang in there, Lazarus. Don't quit. says when Jesus got there Lazarus had been dead for four days four days can you imagine some of us being sick and we say tell sister Chella and pastor Stevan that my brother's sick and they don't show up to the hospital to see him you leave the church Jesus didn't go to the hospital they had one. He didn't go to their house. Jesus didn't even make the funeral. When he got there, he had been buried already and dead for four days. He didn't make the funeral, and he didn't make the graveyard, uh, graveside uh, service. The guy was late, and when he got there now, Mary, the worshiper, had nothing but big attitudes. Huh? 
and where were you? If you would have been here, my brother would not be dead. Where were you? She had attitude when her sister Martha came. Uh-huh, same thing. Where were you? If you'd have been here, my brother would have been not dead, Jesus. There was a problem in their house. There was a problem that got worse. And Jesus was in no hurry. Can you put five and six up there, please? Let's look at this. I'm going to tell you something. I don't need to know how to act, man, when things go your way. I hear testimonies after testimonies of when people pray to God and God answered their prayers. I hear testimonies after testimonies about people giving money to God and God blessing them with money. And I'm glad for that and I'm happy for that. But I don't need you to teach me what to do when I get blessed. Uh, give me some money. I bet you I'll know what to do. Uh, answer my prayers. I, I bet I know what to do. But what I need to know is what to do when things ain't going my way. What I need to learn what to do is when I'm asking God to come and help me in a real life situation and it just seems like nobody's hearing me, like he ain't showing up. Tell me what to do. If I ask everybody here when I'm in trouble, sometimes, man, I'm going through hell. I got all kinds of stuff going on in my head, man. I walk around, most of my Christian brothers not here. And I feel like I can't tell nobody. I can't share what's going on. Because everybody looks like uh, if you're saved and you're praying and you're reading your Bible and you're fasting, well, then nothing's supposed to be going wrong. If you tell somebody something's going wrong, they say, well, maybe you're not praying. I'm sure glad that the Bible tells a story uncut. The Bible tells me what to do. I can't go to people sometimes. Sometimes the message I'm going to get from people is that you ain't supposed to have a problem. But the Bible tells me it's okay to have a problem. The Bible tells me it's okay to have a situation. The Bible tells me that even if you're a worshiper and you love Jesus and he loves you, it's okay to have a problem, a big one too. I'm glad the Bible tells me this because I would sit and think maybe I'm not saved. Maybe something's wrong with me. God is not a cosmo God. You don't 
don't just rub him and pray and he does what you want when you want him to. I serve a living God. He got a plan. He got a purpose. He got his timing. I need to know this. And I'm glad in this story it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved them. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still. Now, Pastor 7 tries to teach you when you see the word therefore, you must find out what is therefore. Okay? And I might try to take you to a little higher learning, if I may. Therefore is a door. You got something here, you open the door that leads you to something there. This and this and that's happening, therefore that's what I did. Huh? And it says that he waited two days because he loved them. Because he loved them, therefore he waited. When we have a problem and God makes you wait, sometimes, my friend, it ain't because he don't love you. It ain't because he don't hear you. Sometimes, my friend, God will make you wait because he loves you, because he cares. And I'm going to tell you something else, my friend. Sometimes it ain't even for you. If you notice later, he said that I'm glad because he did it for the disciples' sake. He was always teaching. He was always preaching. Sometimes uh, he's going to make you wait uh, for something that you know is supposed to be yours. Uh, and you're wondering, is it going to come? Uh, but he's making you wait for other people to see his glory. God always wants us uh, to see more of his glory. God's purpose is for us to see more of his glory. A matter of fact, you and I were created uh, for God's glory. Instead of saying, why am I going through this? You got to know why God does this. So he abode for two days. Can you go to verse 22? Maybe uh, the tablet broke for a reason. Pastor Manuel said, give him a word that he didn't study. And as I'm looking around here, I know some of your struggles. And some of us have been struggling for quite a while. And during that struggle of lengthy time, you can give up. Even though, man, you're a worshiper. And even though you love God. And even though God is all up in your house. Even though you're special to him, he might make you wait. But I believe 2017 is going to be the year. It's going to be the year. It's going to be the year. Come on, somebody help me. Say it's going to be the year. It's going to be the year.
And Jesus tells me, let me tell you something, what happened in these two sisters. Mary, the worshiper, she's all mad at Jesus. Martha comes out and she got an attitude with her sister. Seems like Latin's from A Street. You don't think they would want the whole family worked up. But something happens to Martha. Hallelujah. You see, Mary, remember? She's washing the feet of Jesus. Remember, Martha's getting all mad because she wants to cook burritos and, 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 and red rice. And, and she thinks that Mary should be in there cooking. And she's all mad. And Mary has it. And Jesus says she's got it. But now guess what happens? Mary's losing it, and Martha starts getting it. Huh? Martha says, you know what? She says, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give thee. What I'm trying to say here, church, is their problem, their situation that they had in their house, they had given up on it. They buried it. They wrote a stone in front of it. They gave up all hope. They didn't think that Jesus was going to answer their prayers. What you and I have been waiting on, some of us have given up on God, and we think that God ain't going to give you what he promised you a long time ago. But God might be just making and you wait for a reason. But during this wait, you've given up. You've given up. You quit, you quit on God. Oh, I thought you guys were cutting me loose. You want to go soul? You want to go baptism? I said, something happened to Martha. She said, you know what? Even though that my problem had got worse, even though everybody's about to give up. I believe that if you say rise, my problem will rise. He ain't doing it. Huh? I'm going to get up there and do it myself. Martha starts getting it. She starts understanding the power of God and the purpose of God and the reason of God. The purpose of God is for his glory. He is the resurrection. He is the resurrection. He is the resurrection. Nothing can die that he can't bring back to life. Check this out. So there's Mary. You could take that off. And he says, he says, take me. Take me to where you bury me. Take me where you bury me. And she says, okay, God. Because what he's going to do is just don't worry about it. Just take me. Don't show me. Don't tell me. So she's walking, and she says, you know what, Jesus? You put a stone in front of him, but you gave up. I didn't think you were going to come, 
But I'll take you to the graveside. I'll take you. He stinks by now, Jesus. He stinks. He stinks bad. Amen. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that we serve a God that don't care how bad your mess stinks. I'm glad that we serve a God that don't care how bad your problems are. I'm glad. He says, take me to that problem you got. Take me to where you gave up. Take me where you quit. Take me, man, where you thought that I can't do it no more. Who told you I don't love you? Who told you I can't raise the dead? Who told you that your calling is over?